Thanks for tuning in to the Banner Church Podcast, recorded live in sunny Scottsdale, Arizona. For more information, visit banner.church today. Enjoy the message. And would you welcome Pastor Barry up this morning to bring the Word of God? No pressure. (laughs) No pressure at all, right? Stand with me real quick, would you? Just stand up. Would you just take your hands and put them out in front of you like this, like in a position of receiving? In just a moment, I'm going to share a principle with you of of how to walk out victory in your life, how to war for things in your life that you need breakthrough in. And uh, this is Holy Week. Today's Palm Sunday. We know we'll be looking at Luke chapter 19. We'll be talking about the triumphal entry of Jesus. But before we get there, I feel like the Lord wants us to, to kind of prepare us for what he wants to say, okay? So, Lord, I just pray right now over this family. I thank you for Banner. I thank you for every person, whether they're maybe first-time guests today, second-time return, uh, people returning, or even are, are consistently coming to Banner. God, I pray blessing over them, over their minds, their hearts. I pray right now, Jesus, that you would help us to receive this principle of how to live in a position of victory. I pray, God, that today there will be many in this room that will walk in breakthrough uh, power and anointing. I pray, God, for whatever there might be in our hearts or minds today, that we would leave feeling the weight lifted and a sense of determination that we are going to live out this journey called Christianity in a way we never thought we could. Or maybe God wants to enhance your intimacy with him today, or maybe you're just going to be determined that you're going to be a crazy person living for God like never before through signs and wonders fall in your life. I pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, and everyone would say amen to that, if you agree. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. In, uh, you can turn to Luke chapter 19 if you'd like to. We're going to spend some time there in a few moments. But I want to prep this by telling you that um, in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 10, also in the book of Ephesians, it speaks about us being involved or engaged in warfare. Now, it's not something that we like to talk about warfare, but the reality is that if you're a Christ follower and you're determined to walk with Jesus, you know that you're in a battle. You know that there's times when it's intense. You know there's times you walk in disappointment, discouragement, maybe even disillusionment. You get disappointed in someone. But the reality is the evil one, the Bible says, is trying to kill us, to destroy us, to, to, to take us off purpose and task in pursuing Jesus. You understand? John 10, 10. The thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Right? You guys in agreement? So when you understand something that we as a church, and I'm setting this up, all throughout church history, we read of the journey and the struggle for the children of Israel, the people of God, staying focused on their pursuit of God and or Jesus. And we're no different today. We're engaged in this warfare. And it's going to happen all until the day we take our last breath or until Jesus comes back. And by the way, we don't hear this enough, but Jesus Christ is going to return. I want you to know that. Pastor Josh alluded to that a moment ago. It's, it's factual. Many believe that we're in those moments of the end times. I don't know where we are in the scheme of things. I won't confess or even attempt 
to, to tell you that. I'm no scholar, but I will tell you this, that he is coming back. Now listen, real quickly, as a church, as a family, most of you know we're, we're getting ready to exit this building and, and, and move into different space. And I felt like even on my way here this morning, I'm trying my best to keep the microphone where you need to be. I know I, I don't do a good job with that. What's going on, you guys? How are you? I never keep the mic where it should be. Um, I'm just spastic. I get it. I know. And, and we're, we're, we're moving out of the space into different space. And that different space won't be the landing spot. We're, we're going to eventually find our own property, our own new building. And we're going to move into a place. And, and some would go, why? Well, this is a cool building. We all agree this is a cool space. And it's working fine at this level. But when we talk about children, we talk about building out and begin to dream about ways we can love our city in ways that they'll say yes to Jesus. This space does not cut it. And this is what I'm feeling. On the way here this morning, I started to say, in my truck, I was just pondering this whole idea of warfare and battle. And I'm, I've felt this since we came. We started here full-time in December. And I've felt this for the last four months, going on five months, that our staff, our pastors, our team, are engaged in a battle that we've never been in before. And it's to preserve the, the health and vitality of our pastors. They've got to stay strong. They've got to stay healthy. They've got to stay focused on leading us into the new space. Because I promise you, a year from now, when we're worshiping in the new space, it's going to be an adjustment. We know that. But we're in the new space, and we're seeing all that God's doing, salvations, people being healed. The community says, oh, we know who Banner Church is, right? We're going to look back on these days and recognize that we've got to make sure we protect our pastors. And so I'm asking you today on Palm Sunday, and not just today, but I'm asking you for a little extra help to pray over our pastors. Will you do that? Will you take, if, if, you're, if you're praying an hour for them right now, would you do an hour in two minutes? Or if you're not even doing anything, would you do one? Yes? yes. Okay, thank you. Because, because why? Because, you see, you've never been in their shoes. I have. I did it for 25 years. I served as a lead pastor, and that's not the, the brag of it. I'm just saying, I know the weight that comes with leading a family like this. And I can tell you, there's never enough prayer that goes out. <laughs> so if you would just join me, and we make a commitment to praying for them during this, this season. Why? Because we're in a battle. We're in a battle. You can smile at me. It's not a bummer. We're in a battle. Not just the Bible said we're in a battle, with, not with flesh and blood, but against things we can't even see. I mean, that's a challenge. I mean, somebody's coming at me with a knife. I kind of know what my, my enemy's like. I, what? I got, an, I got a knife coming at me. But when you're, when you're dealing with things you can't see, it takes a different kind of warfare. So it's called prayer. It's called intercession. If you understand what it means to pray in the spirit, you pray in the spirit when you know how to pray, which is most of the time for me. I, know I do not know how to pray most of the time. I pray in the spirit. It's easier for me, right? So enough on that. Let's move into the scriptures. You guys okay? Is that all right? All right. All right, here we go. This morning, I want to speak out of Luke chapter 19. And my message this morning, if I had a title, which I do, can I get a shout? Can I get a shout? You guys are way more lively than the first service. That's all I want to say. Yeah. 
Let's jump in. Luke chapter 19. I'm going to read some scripture to you. This might be more Bible than you read all week, but listen, get it in when you can. Luke chapter 19, uh, verse 28. It reads like this. I have my Bible, by the way, just so you guys know. This is a Bible. Anybody have one? If you have a Bible, lift it up. I want to see it. You got four or five? Okay. And this is a Bible. Who's got their Bible this morning? Here we go. All right. I'm going old school. 28. And when he had said these things, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. And when he drew near to Bethage and Bethany at the mount that is called Olivet, or Olives, Olive, he sent two of the disciples, saying this, Go into the village in front of you, where on entering you will find a colt tied on which no one has ever yet sat. Untie it and bring it here. Okay. That's kind of interesting. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? You shall say this, the Lord has need of it. That's kind of funny, I think. So those who were sent away and found it just as he had told them, and they were untying the colt, its owners <laughs> said to them, why are you untying my colt? And they said, the Lord has need of it. End of story. Verse 35. And they brought it to Jesus, and throwing their cloaks on the colt, they set Jesus on it. And as he rode along, Jesus on it. They spread their cloaks on the road, and as he was drawing near, already on the way down the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of his disciples, we're going to come back to verse 37 in a moment, the whole multitude of his disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen, saying... Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. A couple more verses. And some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Peoples, for, for, for them being loud is what he's saying. Like, hey, Jesus, those people are being a little crazy. Shut them up. And Jesus said, uh, no, I tell you, if these were silent, these people, the very stones would cry out. The very stones would cry out. This is a pretty amazing passage of scripture. You probably have heard a lot of sermons on it, message on the triumphal entry of Jesus. But this morning, I hope we can take a little bit different approach as we look at what happened when Jesus entered into to Jerusalem on this colt. The word Hosanna is used here and in the, the synoptic gospels, all four, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, all make reference to his triumphal entry. Not all of them use the word shout. Some they, in here in the new, uh, excuse me, the ESV, it says that there was blessed is the king. But the idea behind this is this idea of shouting the word Hosanna. Let me give you an explanation. Many of us know, and maybe you don't know, that Hosanna would typically mean this, save us now. According to Strong's, uh, it says, Hosanna also is a cry for blessing. In the Hebraic origin, the word yasha was, was used, and it means liberate us or save us from battle. We see this word used about 200 times in the Old Testament. How many know if it's used 200 times, it probably is important, right? As you're going to find out in a moment, when I ask you about the idea of the shout, who can I get a shout from someone, you need to know there's biblical precedent for this. This is not just something we're making up. There is 
very clear scriptural teaching and evidence that the shout, Hosanna, is important for today as it was even in the Old Testament. You see, throughout the Old Testament, we read the Israelites understood the use of this word and they used Hosanna or Yasha to the Lord frequently. They wanted salvation from their enemies. Save us, O God, from our enemies. We read that all throughout the Old Testament. Save us. We witness the usage of this word in the Psalms quite often. And this makes a ton of sense when you see Saul chasing after David so much of his life and with Israel's political enemies looking to take King David out. Save us. Spare King David. Hosanna. Hosanna was the shout. Now, let, let's, let's talk a little bit about American culture for a second. Can we do that? Because too often in the Western church, the idea of being loud and proud or worshiping with some kind of aggression is minimized in many churches. Thank God the worship movement's been happening for many years now, and we've seen a different expression of worship. I'm grateful for our worship here, aren't you? But American culture's a little bit weird. I mean, let's, let's talk about it. So in the USA, we are loud. We shout aloud. We're a verbal people. You say, no, we're not. I say, yes, we are. No, we're not. Yes, we are. I'll argue back and forth. We are. Some of you are so loud at baseball, football, basketball games, you put your shout on like there's no tomorrow, man. Seriously. Like, like when you're watching a game and you're watching the strike count, right, of baseball, you're like, there's no way. There's no way that was a strike. You gotta be kidding me. Or football, uh, basketball. I gotta tell you, got my shout on just a little bit yesterday. San Diego State. Anybody see the game at all? Anybody watch it? Anybody give a rip? I do. Dude, I'm telling you, a lot of people shouting in San Diego right now. They're in the final championship game for the first time in so long. We were in Argentina many years ago and uh, took a team down there, and we were in this restaurant. And the hosts that were taking care of us, they were quick to let us know, hey, when you go into this restaurant, I need you to do me a favor. Be quiet. What? You guys, Westerners are known to be loud. They laugh loud. They talk loud. And we in Argentina, we like to sit in our restaurants and we like to eat our food and talk quietly. I'm thinking I would never survive in Argentina. <laughs> never. Never. And so we were quiet, kind of. We are loud people. Right now, we know that, um, I think you know that in Tennessee, I believe it was Tennessee, there was a shooting recently, last week. I think six lives were lost, if I heard correctly. And as a result of that, there were people that gathered around the state capitol steps, like we do in America, and they were shouting their protests for gun control, which they have a right to do. No matter what side of the aisle you're on, we have a right to do that in America. Why? Because we, we can be loud when we need to be. We and I like it. Quite honestly, I like the fact that we're a people that can actually get excited at whatever it is we need to get excited about and put our shout on. Parents of little leaguers, you know what I'm talking about. Right. Put my child in. They're better than that person. I mean, parents are nuts 
Can I say that? We're not. We are nuts when it comes to our kids in sports. So the idea of a shout, Hosanna, should not be too foreign to not only Americans, but to the American church. It should not be something that we don't understand. You see, I, I think Israel, the children of Israel, had gotten used to God getting them out of demanding situations. They were, they were very comfortable with him rescuing them. It was the norm for them to shout, Hosanna. God, save us. Help us. Get us out of here. We need your favor, oh God. H have you ever found yourself praying that? Oh God, I need your favor right now. Oh God, I, I need you to deliver me right now. I need, I need financial miracle right now. Oh God, my child. Lord, they're so lost. They're so far from you. And we cry out to God, a type of, of shout, if you will, but here's what I think you have to understand is the sentiment found in Luke 19 is exactly that. It's a shout of victory. It's a shout of warfare. It's a shout that suggests that if you practice what we're talking about, this principle of the, I'll mention in a moment, the Shabbat of God, Hosanna in the highest, I promise you something, it will help you to break through in areas of your life that you struggle with. See, most of us in this room, if we were brutally honest with ourselves, would recognize there are, there are strongholds in all of us. There are, there are issues of sin. There are cyclical things that we do, that we practice, and we do it. God, forgive me, and he forgives you, and you're back on the road to recovery, and next thing you know, two weeks later, you're doing the same thing again. Oh, God, forgive me. We're no different than the children of Israel. We'd have to cry out, God, save us. God, forgive us. God, we need your favor today. God, thank you for your promises. So, so what we find here is that in, in this, this narrative in Luke that the Romans were the, the, the dominant culture, right? We know they were a culture of dominance. And the Jews weren't very fond of the Romans. We understand this, correct? And so when Jesus comes on the scene, everything changes. It becomes a whole different dynamic. And when he steps onto the scene... The Jews wanted something similar that they had experienced historically with the Old Testament where they had cried out to God. That makes sense. So now the New Testament, there's some of that same mindset, that same attitude, like, hey, Jesus, we need you to save us right now. These guys are, these guys are nuts. These Romans, they're making us pay things. Our gas is so expensive, Right? Inflation's out of control. It's got to be that dude that's leading the Romans, right? Well, we might not say it that way, but um, you have to remember that every time, every time the Jews or the people tried to put a crown on Jesus or push him to lead some kind of an insurrection, he refused them. He said, no, my time has not come. This isn't what I'm about right now. He, he calls himself the prince of what? Peace. We need a prince of peace leading us. We don't need some crazy man leading us down a path that we don't want to go. And like Judas, who exchanged Jesus for 30 pieces of silver, the Jews were getting desperate. They wanted a Messiah not to save them from their own sins, but Hosanna made Jesus save us from the Romans. 
And then we find ourselves here in Luke's narrative, chapter 19, where Jesus is put on a, a colt. He begins to make his way down the road. And all of a sudden, along this road, you've got people that are cutting down palm fronds and, and lining the road with their coats and waving these palm branches. Hosanna in the highest. And what they're saying is, it wasn't a quiet thing, but what they're saying is with the palm branch on this Palm Sunday, the palm branch or palm front is a symbol of victory. You're, you're the victory, victorious one, Jesus. You're going to lead us into freedom, Jesus. And they're waving them with a loud shout. They weren't passive. They weren't quiet. They were declaring something that's to be, I believe, a principle for us today. And we'll get to it in just a moment. The palm front, victory, triumph, peace, eternal life. They were declaring these things. And they was, and maybe something like this would be, and said, hey, Jesus, we like your miracles and everything. Those are really cool. And, and, and we dig how you walk. You know, your sandals, your burks are really cool. Your Birkenstocks are very cool. And we like them, but is there a way you can get the Romans off our backs? We, 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 you've been doing this ministry for three years. We've seen you walk around, and we've seen what you can do, but we're at the end of our rope. Can you, can you intervene somehow? Hosanna, intervene. But their motive was a little bit possibly off, right? We, 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 might, we might have, I mean, forget Old Testament, New Testament. Let's talk about today. We might, some of us in the room might go, well, um, hey, Jesus, a little tired of liberals. They're on my back all the time. I don't like this Biden dude. Can you remove this dude? Can you get him out of the way? My, my taxes, my car insurance, my gas. I have a diesel truck. It's costing me a fortune, right? Can you get him off our backs? We're sick of what's happening in our culture today. And you can fill in the blank. And I'm not in any way suggesting conservative, liberal. I'm just saying the mindset inside of us sometimes is, is the ulterior motive behind, Hosanna, save us, might not be as pure as we sometimes think it is. Right? But yet he still came. He still came. You see, in an instant, it, wasn't, it seemed like an instant to us, COVID changed everything in so many ways, right? I'm glad we're coming back from it, but it was so, there's so many things we could talk about. We don't need to, but in an instant, in a, in a bad, negative, demonic way, it, it, our country shifted. The world shifted. But I want to suggest something to you this morning, that if in a moment the world can change because of something that was demonically inspired, I believe it was, I don't know where it started, don't even care, but it's not of God. It was never of God for how many people died and were sick. I had it twice. It was ugly. But if that can happen in a moment, in an evil kind of way, God can take in a moment your circumstance and turn it around that fast. It's a suddenly moment. It's a Hosanna moment. I declare the salvation of God in my circumstance this morning, right? It's good. He'll do that for us. You see, the shout was not simply an emotional or charismatic craziness. It was a God-mandated declaration that had and has significant impact on our circumstances. And I believe, 
I believe with everything I've got, I believe in the shifting of atmospheres. I believe we can change atmospheres. I believe where you work, let me just take a moment. I believe where you work, you can shift the atmosphere from one that's dark to one that's light. I believe you can walk your neighborhood as a, as a, as a, a lighthouse of prayer. And you can walk your neighborhood and pray for every house. Father, I don't know them, but I pray whatever's going on inside that house, they would come to know you. And if they know you, Jesus, I pray they would know you even in a greater way. Father, if there's a sickness in that house, we pray for healing. You get what I'm saying? We can shift atmospheres, but you have to understand who you are and the position that you carry in Christ and that we're talking about the shout this morning. We're talking about something, it's a principle, that if practiced, I believe will change the way you see your circumstances. Now let's go to our narrative real quick. Luke chapter 19. Uh, you guys okay? Yeah. Luke chapter 19. Let's look at verse 37. As he was drawing near, already on the way down the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a what? Loud voice or a shout for all the mighty works they had seen saying blessed the king who comes in the name of the Lord peace in heaven and glory in the highest that verse I don't I, I, I don't hear it preached or taught very often as a purpose in the people shouting in jubilation of the Jesus entering the city see it indicates that everyone that claimed to be his followers let's believe this morning everyone here is a follower of Jesus Christ that everyone at that time that was following Jesus began praising God joyfully with loud voices for all of the, you get ready for all the, here you go, the, the, the miracles and works of power that they had seen. What had they seen that caused them in verse 38, in most translations would say shout, what caused them to shout? You ready? Here's some things Here's some things that caused them to shout, and I hope might cause you to shout, not because of what I'm saying, but because believing for these same things for our city. They saw the lame walk and the blind see, and I, they, they, I, it doesn't say it, but the hearing here. I'm ready for that one, you know? The lame walk, the blind. If someone came forward this morning that was blind, we pray for their healing and they left seeing, would that not cause you reason to shout? If it didn't, I would question whether or not you really had an intimate walk with God because that is something that doesn't happen. You go to the doctor and go, well, I'll just get you a little stronger prescription. All right. So pretty soon you got like bottle, you know, you got Coke bottles in your eyes trying to see. Anybody remember Mr. Magoo? You know, got Mr. Magoo eyes, man. You can't see anything. But all of a sudden, if you're now seen, that would bring someone to a place of, yes, that's really cool. I'm just saying. How about, how about this? Jesus, they saw this. They saw Jesus restored families and united those who were the outcasts of the day with their loved ones. Oh, man. Come on, somebody. He, he brought the outcast, the outsider, the, the, the misfits of culture. He brought them into his, his close proximity, and he loved the one in front of him really well. That's what we're supposed to do. Can I get a shout for that? 
diseases like leprosy. He healed and brought them back from, from their outcast communities. He brought them as healed people back into their blood families and restored all things to them. You see, when someone comes to Jesus, it's not simply, I'm getting saved for my sins. Yes, you are. Praise God. You say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. He cleanses you of all your, your wrongdoing, and he makes you whole and right standing with him. That's a cool thing. But the, the word salvation in the New Testament means sozo. It basically means that he came to set the whole person free of your sins, of your physical ailments, of your emotions, all of it. He came to set the whole person free. And I, when I read these things, I see that Jesus did just that. You see, they, they had seen the power of courage in Jesus. He crossed over social boundaries, no matter what others might think. They, they, they saw him eat with despised people, tax collectors at the time. I don't know, do we still like tax collectors? When you go to your tax prepared, you go, I love you. You're such a beautiful, no, we don't, I don't think we do. Sinners, prostitutes, those are a few, but how about a few modern day ones, you ready? I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go out just a little bit on a limb here. So Jesus hung out with the despised, the people that nobody else wanted to hang out with. What about us? The homeless, it's a challenge, I know. Or, or how about when we, wherever you are this morning, I'm gonna preface this by saying, Wherever you are in your doctrine or belief in Scripture as it relates to your sexual identity, whether, whether or not, wherever you are in that position, we are required by, as Christ followers to love the way Jesus loved. Whether they accept our love or not is not the issue. Jesus would have been hanging out with the transvestites. He said, no, he wouldn't have. That's, your religious spirit works well in you. That's, it, 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 it would have. He probably wouldn't have been hanging out with me and Josh all the time. Like, I would want him to, but he'd be wherever the sinners are. That's what they observed. They saw Jesus go where no one else would go. Are we willing to go to those places? I'm just asking. They, they, what else did they see? They, they, they saw him put a powerful leader on hold while he attended to, attended to a woman who was hemorrhaging, suggesting that her need was greater than his political uh, uh, status or, or what people thought of him. Can I be honest with you this morning? I've struggled all of my life with what people thought of me. It, it gets tiresome, right? Even, even before I came up here this morning, still being relatively new to the family, I'm like, oh, yeah. what are they going to think? The truth is, deep down inside of me, I'm not as concerned as I used to be about whether or not somebody likes me or not. I want to do what Jesus has told me to do. I want to say what he's told me to say, and I want to live the life he's called me to live because it's fun. It's fun. They saw him bring a child into the center of a men's only circle, put him up on his lap, and heard him say that they must become like a child if they wanted to enter the kingdom of God. Man, he, why wouldn't we shout when we hear these things? I'm telling you. They saw demons cast out of people. Someone that was bound with demonic possession, not just oppression. We're talking, they were bound. And Jesus said, get out of him. Get out of him. Get out. Go. Go out with those pigs over there. 
You have no right to belong. You, you have no right to belong there. Get out. Get out. And they all took off. They all took off. And the pigs, all the good bacon went down the hill into the ocean and died. He saw this. They saw this. And lastly, there's so many more, but they had seen him raise a little girl from the dead and Lazarus from the dead, a symbol that maybe there could be new life for them and that God would take care of us on the other side. You see, there's a lot of room for us to shout as they shouted on the road that was lined with with jackets and clothes as a, as a place of honor for King Jesus and waving the branches saying, Hosanna, Hosanna. I shout unto God with a voice of triumph. I'm victorious because of this person, Jesus. Now we know the journey was, was dark, it was long. We know what happened Friday, but we also know what happened Sunday. Thank God for the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And thank God because of that, you have an opportunity to live victoriously. Now, I mentioned verse 40. I'm going to wrap this up. Verse 40 says that if you, if we won't be the ones that, that shout Hosanna, shout praise, shout victory, it says even the rocks will cry out. Jesus basically indicates that the people's acclamation should be encouraged and never suppressed. The people of Jerusalem are expressing great joy, and that joy is so appropriate, so necessary, that if they did not express praise, it would be appropriate for an inanimate object to fill the void. Now, I... I, I, I all of creation, we know, all of creation was made for his glory. So I, 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 I doubt that an inanimate object called a rock could cry out, I don't know since he made it, but I refuse to let the rock be the symbol of my lack of worship and declaration of God's goodness over my life. I refuse to let a church, not you, but a church or people keep me from worshiping God with abandonment. I refuse I'm not going to, I've said this before, physically, I can't worship like I used to. I still have got a little bit in me, but until I can't, I'm going to worship my head off. I'm going to come in here, whether anyone else does or not, and, and you and me, Kill, and others, we're going to shout God's praises. We are going to say yes to Jesus, and we're going to worship. I gave a word this morning. I forgot who it was. I said, I feel like the Lord is, is, is giving you something in the dance. And I asked him after, do you dance? He goes, yeah, I dance. I go, sweet. Then when you begin to feel something, I want you to bust a move. Begin to dance. Begin to give it to Jesus. It's a type of shout. It's a type of praise. It's a type of statement that says, I'm going to walk in this stuff, and, it's, and I'm going to see the victory in my life. Let me just define this shout for you because... My message is, can I get a shout? And I, I, I had this sense as I was praying on the way in this morning that um, some of you are going to leave today different than you came in. You're going you're gonna to feel this uh, uh, weight. 
that you've been carrying, depression, um, sadness, um, you can fill in the blank. Maybe, maybe there's a sense of, uh, of uh, disappointment, disillusionment. Maybe you're bummed by culture. You're bummed by what's going on in the world. I don't know. But I just felt like when we get to the conclusion this morning, we're going to practice this today. And some of you are going to do this for the very first time, and you're going to feel something leave you. You're going to feel something leave you. And when it leaves you, what's going to replace the heaviness will be the glory of God. It's called the kabod of God. The glory, the weight of God is going to come on you. And you're going to, you're going to live in that space of feeling secure, whole, and, and um, optimistic about what God has for your life and your future. Amen? So the shout. So the shout is mentioned in the Bible. Psalm 145, verse 4. One generation shall praise thy works to another. And shall declare thy mighty acts. That word praise is where we get the word shabak, and the Hebrew word shabak. It means to address in a loud tone, to triumph, to shout, to still, to command, to glory. This is a shouting praise. You do not sing the shabak. It's a shout, it's a declaration. It's a shout that commands our victory. It's a command that says to the evil one, you will not have my life. You will not have my family. You will not have my children. You will not have anything that belongs to God. You cannot have it. I will lift up my shabak. I will lift up my shout. I will lift up my my praise unto you, God. I'm going to believe that I'm going to see the victory. See, when we face walls in our lives, we need to give a shout of victory to see it. In Joshua 6, they shouted before the walls fell. They circled up the walls of Jericho, and then they came to a place, and they began to shout. And that shout was so powerful that the walls, whatever the material was that they made back then, the walls, because of the, 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 the decibels, I guess, caused the walls to fall. Your walls are going to fall this morning. I believe this. I do. I believe with all my heart. We shout the victory we already have in Christ, no matter what things look like. Scripture says in Psalm 47, 1, clap your hands, all ye people. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph, victory. Psalm 98, verse 4, shout for joy to the Lord. Some of you, some of you to break off depression today. You are praying, nothing ever happened. Well, shout your head off today. Just shout it. It's safe in here. You say, you guys are crazy. Proudly. Proudly. You know, a lot of my friends, I'm, you don't care about this, but I'm going to tell you anyway. A lot of my friends that are my age and pastoring, they're like, they're so boring. Like, I wouldn't go to their churches. They're my friends, but I wouldn't go to their church because, because there's just, it's just kind of boring. You're not boring. Why? Because we believe in what the scripture teaches. Zephaniah 3.14, shout for joy, daughter of Zion. Shout in triumph, Israel. Rejoice, rejoice in triumph with all your heart. 
Psalm 118, verse 15. Shouts of joy and victory resound in the tents of the righteous. The Lord's right hand has done mighty things. Psalm 101. Shout for joy to the Lord. All the earth. Listen to this one. It's kind of a... In Isaiah 54, it talks about shouting over a womb that's been barren. Some of you need to shout over your stomachs, ladies, married, over your stomachs if you want babies. God, I believe, is victorious and he will do what's in your heart. I believe this. If you've struggled to have a child, shout over your belly today and believe God for the miracle. Here's what we're going to do. I want you to stand with me, if you would, please. Ah, yeah. In just a moment, I'm going to give you permission when I give you the cue. I'm going to give you permission to shout. And the first service we did a Hosanna three times. I'm not going to do the Hosanna thing. We're going to do just a loud and proud shout. I'll count the three in a moment, and then I'll release you to shout. But listen to me. Some of you are thinking, well, I'm, I'm, I'm an introvert. I don't shout. I'm, I'm, I'm a pretty chill dude or gal. Yeah, true. But for a moment, you can move out of that skin for just a second to, to go after your miracle. You can, you can just let it rip because we know you can, right? So we give you permission. Do we not, Pastor Josh? Do we have permission to do this? Okay. I didn't ask him. I'm just doing it. Yeah. Am I good? You going to shout? Okay. Good. Good. Shout so loud the baby comes. Amen. All right. Yeah. All right. Now here, let me give you a little more instruction. So I'm going to count to three in a moment. You're going to shout. Shout as long as you want to shout. All right? This, that's not enough, okay? Woo. Hey! Okay, that's a good shout, right? On the way here, I was shouting to practice this. Hey, 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 hey! Woo. Okay, so you look at me like I'm weird, but you know what? Pretend we're at a Diamondbacks game or, you know, wherever. All right? So I'm going to give you permission. You're going you're gonna to shout. Now here's what I want you to do. If anything inside of you shifts, like you feel something going on inside of you, like you feel something lifts, you feel like you've been depressed, but you're not depressed, um, whatever it might be, I'm gonna, I want you to do me a favor. I want you by faith to get out of your seat and just come stand in the front. We call it a, an activation. You're gonna activate what you believe God did inside of you. You're gonna come forward, and, and we're not gonna pray for you per se, but you're just gonna come forward and go, I received this. Thank you, Lord. Some of you might need to come forward. I know this is a stretch. I know this is probably not banner yet, but some of you might come forward and, and, and break out and dance. If that's what, it, if that's your, if that's an expression that will help you break through, get your dance on, baby. Get it on, right? You guys, ready? Okay, one more thing. So, if you don't get the first time to shout. Shout again. Shout until you feel it. Right here. Shout. Deep within you. Right? Okay, I've done my best. Here we go. Father, I pray right now for a supernatural touch on this family. 
I pray, God, it wouldn't just simply be another thing that we do, but, God, I'm asking for the fruit. I'm asking you, God, this morning for the victory shout. I'm asking for the Shabbat to break through our circumstances like they did when they laid down and lifted up their, their palms to Jesus with a shout of Hosanna. I'm asking for the victory this morning for people in Jesus' name. Here you go. On the count of three. Get ready. One. Come on. Take your deep breath. You got to build it up. I know. Two. Ah, here we go. It's going to raise the roof. Ready? Three. Go. Hey! 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 Whoa! Whoa! Jesus! Yeah! We're gonna sing this out together. Sing it with me. You turn graves into gardens. You turn bones into yeah, come on forward. Some of you got to come forward. Come on, you, you felt it. Come, come, come. Powers. Yes. You're the only one who cares. You turn graves into gardens. You turn bones into armies. You turn seas into highways. You're the Lord, we just lift it up to you this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that the shout is a principle of warfare that I can use anytime. Thank you that the shout is something I can do in my car when I'm feeling low and discouraged. I shout out to God with a voice of triumph and authority. Thank you, God, that you're with us. You're by us. You're around us. You're dear to us. And we're grateful, Holy Spirit. Thank you, sweet God. You guys, yeah, there's something happening right now. Come on, there's something happening. Oh, there's nothing, nothing better than you. 
Pastor Josh, Pastor Josh is coming right now, but as he comes, I feel like, I feel like there's somebody this morning, um, it has to do with your stomach, a stomach condition, maybe ulcers, um, but it has something to do with your stomach, it just, I felt like there was pain, discomfort, maybe you've been diagnosed recently, whatever, but the Lord is healing that, I feel like when we shouted, you begin to feel something going on inside of you, and it wasn't the normal if that's you, we like to know that God's specifically doing something. Would you let one of us know that that was you? And we can keep praying or we can rejoice in your healing. Amen. 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 I'm so thankful for the way the Lord is moving. Amen. The way that he's changing, the way that he's uh, stirring. And I'm thankful that we have the Holy Spirit. So though this is a gathering where we encounter the presence of God together, that we're carriers of the presence of God and the Holy Spirit. And I want to encourage you as you go out, as you engage uh, with, with your friends, your family, your co-workers, and leading up to Easter, you carry the presence of God with you. And so everything, every encounter that you go into, you're, you're second on the scene. The Holy Spirit is already there ministering and moving. And so I want to encourage you to just walk in the authority of the kingdom you have been adopted into. To walk in that authority, whether that's inviting someone to Easter or praying for them, or maybe that's just even shouting over your own life, whatever it is, I just encourage you to walk in that. If you're feeling like not worthy to, to, to do that, to step in that, I just want to tell you that doesn't come from the Lord. He has said you're worthy to walk in that authority because of what He's done on the cross. He sees you as His child. He says that you're anointed. He's given you the Spirit. So I just want you to know that He's with you. He goes before you. And uh, we're going to believe for some incredible things this coming weekend. Amen. Amen. Well, I just want to encourage you, take that connection card dropping it on your way out and uh, we look forward to seeing you on Good Friday and on Easter. Have an incredible Sunday. Uh, we just loved celebrating with you today and shouting in belief with you. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Banner Church Podcast. 
We hope this message was impactful for you. Check the episode notes to visit our website, follow us on social media, and subscribe to our podcast. We'll see you again next week.